The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting week of our PA High School Football Report podcast, and Happy New Year to you all. I'm your host, Nebby Asaias, here with my co-host and high school sports editor, Brian Linder. Brian, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to you. Oh, uh, Happy New Year, Nebby, man. It's, it's been crazy, man. You know, a lot of good, you know, football action, and, you know, we saw some bowl games played here. Penn State won their game. You know, one of the things I wanted to touch on, too, is we begin this podcast, uh, we're talking about high school football in Pennsylvania. Obviously, we have a former Pennsylvania high school football player, uh, Central Catholics, Damar Hamlin, who had the cardiac arrest Monday night on the field against Cincinnati Bengals. Buffalo Bills safety. He's only 24, Nebby. You know, there's a lot of different information out there about, you know, how many times they had to resuscitate him and all this stuff. I will say today we are hearing that he's shown positive signs of his breathing um, and things like that. and. Um, Everybody I've talked to about DeMar Hamlin says he's a great guy, great young man, um, was doing a lot of good stuff out in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I don't know if you if you pray, pray. If you send up good vibes, send up good vibes for the young man. Um, it's bigger than football right now. And uh, definitely hoping he pulls through. Certainly, Brian. And, and you hit the head right on the nail. Prayers up for DeMar Hamlin, his family, his teammates, and all those who love and support him. You know, there's so many people like Ryan Clark, um, former NFL DB said, you know, right after the situation happened, and he said it so eloquently. It's bigger than football, you know. We're talking about a human being here, someone who is a a brother, uh, a cousin, and, and and a dear devoted friend. So, anytime you see a tragedy like that occur, it, it certainly raises a brow. You have people going out there risking their lives every single time they put those shoulder pads on for the love of the game, trying to play at the biggest stage, saying that they made it. So it's it's definitely a, a tragedy, but prayers up for him, and I pray he makes a full speedy recovery. Yeah, man, it's just a reminder too that that um, football is we love football. I'm always conflicted with this football is a, is a sport I love. Um, it's also a very dangerous sport, and I've seen guys who I, I love to watch play, and I've just said, man, I hope he hangs it up, you know, because I don't want to see him. Be messed up, and it's a sport that can mess you up in the blink of an eye sometimes. Right. Um, so, again, prayers up to him. And, and you know, Nebby, hey, we got a good story. We got a good guest here this week, Nebby, and I'll let you introduce him. I think he's a guy who who was a really good football player in his own right, uh, overcame some adversity in his own right, and has a good good thing going now and some, some good stories to tell. I know you've been really wanting to get him on here. Mm-hmm. So we got this week on the PA High School Football Report, Nebby. PA High School Football Report fans, we have a staple, not just the Harrisburg community, but potentially the state of Pennsylvania, Jawan Trendsetter Chisholm, as you know him on social media. Jawan is not only a, a, a star standout athlete, he played at Harrisburg, he went on to play at Akron, went on to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jawan is also uh, a, a health coach, a mentor, uh, a motivational speaker. It's not a thing that he doesn't do, so... Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for joining us, Duan. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. How about y'all? Alive and blessed. Can't complain. I, I want to dive right into it, Juwan, because 
you're someone I've gotten a chance to grow a close relationship with, especially over the more recent recent years. Um, we just had you come speak at our Pen Lives Peace and Justice Forum back in September, where you shared your testimony, your life story, and, and the trials and tribulations that you've been through. I want to start by asking you, where is it? Where does this resilient mindset derive from and where, where did you just develop this positive affirmation and outlook on life and how do you do what you do on a daily basis? Man, I think it comes from, uh, I say hitting rock bottom, hitting rock bottom and uh, knowing what that dark place feel like and not ever wanting to go back down there. And uh, I think you grow sympathy for others. I'm not sure how other people go through depression or how their walks of depression is. Like, you're going to have a severity in your life, no matter what. You're going to have a severity uh, in your life, and it's all about how you manage it, right? Uh, mine's more so come from my mom dying of a overdose, uh, being in those dark uh, spots, uh, being shot at 15 years old, still making it back to become who I was. Uh, all in all, though, man, I think it comes from rock, hitting rock bottom. Like I, I've been so far to the bottom where I don't even want nobody else to get to 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 go there. You know what I mean? Even the worst, even somebody that you wouldn't even like, I wouldn't want nobody to go to those dark places or in them dark holes, man. So, uh, it just it just speaks volumes of me, man. And uh, I just love life, man. I, I understand about second chances. I didn't see three murders up. I didn't see what two what two murders up close. So just watching that and uh just like i just didn't watch it. i didn't want to watch the demar hamlin thing i didn't even go watch it i'm glad i wasn't watching the game i won't watch it unless it sneaks up on me uh number traumatizing things i just don't never want to go back to those type of events man so i just i'm resilient man it's i'm not going to stop until god say something you know what i mean i don't got control over my life but i know god do but i'm just one of them guys where you're gonna have a cold day in hell trying to beat me at something that I love doing is something that you do. If you're not willing to go the, to the farthest extent, uh, you ain't resilient. I'm willing to go to the farthest extent of whatever that is, man. And I've just been like that all my life, pretty much. I said, Nebby, I know you know Juwan's story. I'm familiar with Juwan's story. You touched, touched on a lot of heavy stuff there, Juwan. Let's take it back and kind of tell folks that story real quick. I mean, you you grew up in Harrisburg. What 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 part of Harrisburg did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in an uptown area of Harrisburg. Uh, born and raised, never never left out of Harrisburg. Uh, never moved out of Harrisburg up until the day I left for college. Uh, so I've been a Harrisburg call uh, Harrisburg kid through and through for all of my life. The uptown area, uh, specifically, and uh, that's what that's what makes you. Yeah, you know I I'm not from Harrisburg. I've actually been to Uptown several times. I went over there with Micah Parsons a couple of times and literally mm-hmm. just walked around Jefferson Street where he grew up and stuff. And and Micah, you know, mm-hmm. pointed out and you could see there were people grilling. There was a nice community atmosphere. But Micah's like, look, you have this and then you have a lot of bad stuff that happens, too. So you talked about seeing your mom, your mom overdosing. You talked about being shy. Take us through all of that. Growing up on, on Jefferson Street. Well, not Jefferson Street, but in Uptown, um, and uh, and how all this kind of played out for you as a, as a young man, and how you dealt with that. Well, let's speak full circle, man. Uh, me, Micah, and Ricky Waters lived on the same block. Ricky, of course, before a time. Me and Micah lived on the same block at the same time. Of course, he's younger than me. Do we remember it? No, maybe not. I'm not sure. You had to ask him. 
Uh, but I remember it vividly. I remember the Parsons living across the street. I lived at 2244, so he lived at 22, whatever it is. Not the same street, because the street can go for blocks on blocks on blocks on blocks. The same block. Hmm. Ricky across the street. There's Ricky across the street, and Michael lived on the same side as Ricky. Uh, Michael probably don't even know this. Uh, I'm a real uptown kid. I never left. I never left. And like Michael said, you see people grilling you, man. Uh, that's a rough spot, man. That's a... It's rough. We went out there and there were kids playing basketball. People were grilling. They were coming up and it was a nice atmosphere. And Mike was like, this is what I love about growing up in Uptown. He said, but also bad stuff can happen. You know, and his mom shielded him and protected him from that. You obviously saw some of the bad stuff too. When you're a young man, how do you navigate that? You When you have a mom who overdoses and she's probably not there like she shouldn't. And, and you said you got shot. And I understand you were pretty severely wounded, right? Um, how do you navigate that and 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 get to the point to where you are now a community leader? Uh, speaking on that too, man, my mom was a great mom. My mom just passed away last year. So this is this is in today. Like, this is like now. My mom was a freaking awesome mom, bro. Like, beyond the world awesome mom. You know, we just all got, sometimes we got addictions that we can't overcome. And uh, she ran into the wrong thing. So I'll say that first. My mom was an awesome mom. Great. Uh, and I didn't see her overdose. I was on my way to Texas in a truck and we got the call. So uh, speaking on that term, I don't want to shorten my mom because my mom was a great mom. But uh, going back to the uptown area, I actually seen that was my first murder I seen. Just like you said, when kids was playing outside, that's what I vividly remember. Kids running across the street. It was three kids across the street at the time of it. The guy was parked outside of my house. Uh, he waited for like 30 minutes to an hour, approximately, I want to say. Just pulled in front of the, the guy, came down the street. Must have knew he was coming, pulled in front of the street. Uh, they crashed, bang, in the instant second. Dude gets out, starts shooting. My kids is all running around, the same kids that you probably seen. Uh, well, not the same kids, but the same kids, that same generation of kids, the same kids that come through there. It's the same thing. It's a normal day. Just like you said, it can go bad at any second. But for the most part, if you do the right thing and you don't get in the right thing, usually cool it's usually just the things that you try to involve yourself in and that's where everything comes trickling down so yeah taking it back to jefferson street that's where i seen my first murder as a 10 year old kid that's that's heavy that's a lot to deal with you were coming through it i know you still had your issues you had a bright future in football you still went on had a good football career right but you thought about being shot when you were 15 and that was pretty serious and had football in doubt for a while, right? I mean, tell us about how did that happen with you? And you had some pretty bad injuries from the shooting, right? Yeah. Uh, so this happened on the hill on Horner Street, uh, which was after school hours. I was playing ninth grade football. And I want to say football practice started about 345. We get out at 245. So I always went to a friend's house that was in the uh, hill area around that area, which so happened to be on Horner Street. And, uh, that day it was just like a it was like a blur, man. I just remember the gun going off, uh, me running back into the house and me looking down at my foot and seeing this dang near jigsaw puzzle. Uh, because that's what they described it as. I had reconstructive surgery. I was in the hospital for 17 days after that incident. Uh eight day eight of the eight of those days I spent in an 80 degree room when it was probably about 90 degrees outside. And I couldn't have nothing to drink or nothing to eat. So I was taking my medicine 
however I can take it. They'll give me like a little spoonful of applesauce just to get it down. I lost like 30 pounds. I went, I went in there about 183, came out about 150. Uh, happened to relearn to walk again. The whole year I set out, uh, even the year I came back for football, I still wasn't 100% my 11th grade year. And my 12th grade year started feeling a little stronger. But as I, even with time, as I go with age, it gets a little bit better, man. But only three of my toes work on my left foot, something most people don't know. Since I was 15, only three toes work. My second one is a hammer toe. My third one is a, it, it, get, it has to get shaved in there other, every other two weeks. So, man, it's just all about, just like you, B, like you went through what? You went through way worse than me. You adapt to those things. Although it's not normal, you got to adapt to it. What you going to do, sit in a room and cry all day? I still wanted to chase my goals. I knew I was going to reach my goals. I don't use that excuse to this day. People say, would you still be in the league? if it? That's an excuse. I know if I'm going to be in the league still. Yeah, I got three toes at work. Yeah, I have a reconstructive foot. I spent 17 days in a, in, in, in a hospital in Hershey Medical Center. I had to go to rehab. I had to recover. Long process, man. And even to this day, I'm 31 today. This happened at 15. I still have complications. So it's just perseverance, man. Persistent. I heard somebody say the other day. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more. Nebby, I, I know you got some questions for him, but we tell all that to say, look, you went through a lot. You got shot. You're sitting there. You're probably thinking you're, like you said, you 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 move on past it. But at the same time, there's no question that you probably at some point, like you know, man, is this it? You know, am I not going to be the player or person I thought I wanted to be? What changed for you, and what kept you going uh, to where you were able to get back on the field? You ended up playing college football. Um, you know, what was the difference for you? When, when did that light switch, you know, come on for you? And and when did you really start changing your life and pushing in that direction? Yeah, okay. So let's take it deep and personal. Rest in peace to my cousin, Blue. Uh, he was a Hasburg coach when I came back after my 10th grade year. He also died from an overdose. Uh, 11th grade year, I went out. We was doing drills, summertime thing uh, up at the high school. And I made like, I made like a few cuts. I know me though, uh, but I didn't know myself after the injury. So that had to take time to get to know. I made a few cuts and I started to walk off the field. I'm like, yeah, it's done. I ain't the same person. I'll be lying if I tell you vividly what he said, but he called me over. And basically in so many words, he's like, hey, you look pretty decent for what you've been through. Just keep on coming, keep on going. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm thinking that in my head, but it kept me on that field that day, and the rest was history. Who knows if I, who knows that day if I'd have walked off the field because I was into other things. So I could have been, you know, it could have not been football. So yeah, I had plenty of doubts. Even after that, doubts like not being able to cut on a dime sometimes, like I would want. Uh, sometimes my foot is injured. Uh, my freshman year of college. Red shirt freshman year, if I would have had the same coach, one of my toes would have been cut off uh, because that was part of what he wanted. He, I had, I kept having to get numbing shots or cortisone or whatever they call them uh, in college. 
because it was so painful. And I was getting 20 carries a game in my freshman year because it was in pro style. So that spring, I was supposed to go get the surgery to have my hammer toe amputated. And he got fired. And the new coaches didn't know nothing about it. So I still got my toes. <laughs> Dwan, you know, that, that's that's a lot to overcome. That's a lot to shake back from. But you did it. You know, your resiliency speaks volumes of who you are as a person. And again, um, rest in peace to your beautiful mother. I know she plays a role into the, the man you've become today in life. And she, you are who you are because of her. You know, we, we love our mothers and we, we hold them near and dear to our hearts. I want to ask you, I'm, I want to still stick with high school, right? When when was it, when did it click with you like, okay, I'm not allowing this to hinder me or stump me from becoming the player that I am? When did you feel like you were at your prime and when did you know you were invincible and could take it to the next level? Because you ended up playing Division One football after getting shot at 15 years old. I don't think you understand how big of, of an accomplishment that is, right? So mm-hmm. what point in your high school career? Yeah, yeah. You have apart. a reconstructed foot, as you say, as you call it. You know, um, yep. at what point in your high school career? Because if I'm not mistaken, you graduated class of 2010, right? Ten. Yep. What point in your high school career did you tell yourself, or did you realize, like, yeah, I'm him. I'm a dog, and I'm not going to allow this to stop me from becoming who I'm supposed to be. 11th grade year, I knew I was like, I was like, I ran for a thousand, and I didn't start three games. They ain't put me into the third game. Twelfth mm. grade year, I said, all right, it's time to go to the next level. Uh, I trained three times a day. So when I be hearing kids say today, like, I only one time and high school coaches don't want you have man, listen, I trained three times a day my senior year. Uh Calvin Everett was one, Davis Brickett was another one, and I would usually do one with the school. I built up the confidence through my hard work. And I always to this day, if you watch me, you know, I know. 99% of men or women is not fitting to take it to a certain level. Most people just want to go, it's here. We just want to be, I'm always going to go here. I can be the worst person in the room. I'm going to always feel like I'm the best. So that's always been my confidence. Like, I don't even think the foot ever done it. But 12th grade year, I knew it was time. Mm-hmm. I said, I already knew it was time. Uh, no matter how bad the team was, whatever it was, I knew it was time. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew I was him. Uh, just through God, bro. Like I, I'm, I, I think I'm one of the most humblest. Uh, I say that a humble monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, only time the monster comes out is when you bring it out, kinda. Mm-hmm. And 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 the monster's still not a monster to like harm people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, just make sure you stand on that, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, I wasn't scared of no team, no individual, no nothing, man. I, I think I, I was just born for this, bro. I was born for this. I'm born to do what I'm doing now, man. God's great. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I do is because of me. My confidence is through God. My faith is through God. I keep going through God. Uh, so, man, like, I'm confident through God, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm confident through God. Everything that I got, I was raised that way. I was raised in church. I was raised uh, spiritual, man. Like, I know, if don't nobody else know, I believe in my God. Mm-hmm. Whatever my God is, is my God. And that's where I get my faith from. That's where I get my motivation from. And through hard work, if you prepare through hard work, everything else is easy. Game day is easy. Mm-hmm. I bust my butt in practice. Mm-hmm. Every day, I took nothing for granted. I still don't take life for granted because it can be done any day. So that's where I get my confidence from, man. That's, and that's where I knew I was him in high school, mm-hmm. through hard work. 
I think the neat thing about all that, Juwan, is that like everything you went through and everything you detailed there, there's two ways that can happen, you know, go. You can not be here now or be in jail or you 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 rise up and you find motivation and you build character and that's what you've done. You know, and there are a lot of good kids there coming coming out of uptown, you know, same in Philly. I did a story today. You know, we get so much, so many negative headlines out of Philly. There's some great kids there, man. I did a story today about this Aiden Garns kid who played at Bonner Prendy. He's 19 years old. He plays at Duquesne. He went and gave bone marrow this morning to save the life of someone he doesn't even know. That's so, different. yeah. So all these things, you know, build character. So I think that's a credit to you too, because you gotta have, you have to have some mental toughness to come up, find, find that motivation, build that character and get to where you are today. And I know you're doing some, some good stuff today. So Nevi, let's, let's, let's get him talking about a little bit of what, everything he's got going on today. Man. Well, Brian, you know, Jawan just touched on so many different subjects and this, this is one of the things you realize when you're talking to him, he connects everything. He connects the dots and he's someone who's just so resilient. And I'm very fond of speaking with, he mentioned Dave Brixis, who was someone who trained me in high school, basketball workouts, Coach Smallwood used to send us to. Um, Jawan, I kind of, I, I want to segue into what you're doing currently with your fitness routine, being in the gym, your whole health, mental health journey. Because at the beginning of this podcast episode, you talked about battling depression. And I, I follow you on social media. You know, I'm very, very active. I actually have my post notifications on for your Instagram page. Okay, your, your videos, are, <laughs> Your videos are so motivational, man. It reminds me of Eric Thomas I was just talking to my cousin about. But... What made you get into to training? For those who don't know, Struggle to Succeed Fitness is your brand. Um, and, and you post videos showing when, you know, you weren't the top athlete that you used to be. You had put on a lot of weight and you showed your, your fitness journey to, to becoming shredded and becoming a, a, a professional football player, prototype body again. You get what I'm saying? Talk to us about that journey, why you went into becoming a, a sort of like a health coach and a life coach, like how that came to be how that came to fruition because faith without works is dead. And you talk about your faith and God and you can do anything through, you know, your savior who strengthens you and you're a walking Testament of that. What was that journey like for you? Awesome. Once again, uh, through God, I didn't think I was going to train, bro. Uh, so my thing is once I got up to 262 during depression, right? 252, 262 range. I just knew I didn't like the look. I, when I look in the mirror, I just didn't like who I seen, you know, I, it's, that's a scary that's a scary place, bro. I think that's very scary, especially for me. Uh I got I got kids, I got a wife. So when I'm not able to maximize them and maximize my time and effort with them, something's up. So I sat in the back room for 30 plus days, bro, with my family out in a whole nother room. Just trying to figure out life, bro. And I started getting into trucks. I started driving trucks because uh, I wanted to get out of the financial problems that I was in, right? And uh, during driving trucks, I was still on my journey, my health fitness journey. And all of it was organic. I don't know how to stage. I don't know how to fake it. I tell people that all the time. If I know how to fake it, I'd be farther right now, I guarantee. But I don't know how far that will last, right? Because it's fake. I stand on anything I do. I'm intentional with anything that I do that I love. I'm intentional with it. So once I got back into the gym, I got a new feeling for it, right? So when I was in college and things of that nature, or even in high school, you got a trainer. They tell you what to do. They're telling you what to do. Now, I don't got none of that. 
all them things is done. Once you're done with football, uh, it's called athletic identity. Most of these people are going through depression when they're done with football. I don't care if you're shady. I don't care if you're uh, Joe Bob. This is just in high school. You're going to go through the athletic identity depression. Some people more than others, right? But I was in that. So one thing I knew is I didn't want to stay there. So uh, during that process, I was just just grinding, just working. I would call my friend for a plan. He'll give me a plan. And I had to relearn my body over and over again. I probably look better today than I looked in college because I know my body now. Nobody's telling me what mm-hmm. to do. I have to do it. And mm-hmm. I had a baby. So how I got into training, I was getting multiple people. I say it's God. Multiple people. Hey, could you train me? Could you do this? Could you? Through my journey. Hey, could you train me? Could you? Hey, man, could you train my son? My son? I didn't even know I knew all of this. Only thing I know was I had a trucking job. I was at Unify. They pulled me into an office two weeks prior for like a little petty writing. I said, I don't want to do this, God. Mm-hmm. I told the God. And when I say stuff, I say it because I have to stand on it now. Mm-hmm. I said, I told the boss. He's a, actually a, y'all probably know him. I, don't, I forgot his name, but he's a podcaster as well. And he does other stuff. Uh, he's a sports, a uh, high school sports guy. I told him, I sat down looking dead in his eyes. I said, I won't be here too much longer anyway. I don't even know how, I, I, I promise you, I had no plan, no nothing. Mm-hmm. I left out of there that two to three weeks later, maybe a month, my son was born. Now they give you 30 days to have off. I prayed. When I found out that they give you 30 days off, I prayed. I said, God, could you please get me out of this? I don't want to come to this job. I'm not happy with it. I don't care about the money. Yes, a six-figure job. I don't care about the money. Just get me out of it. And let me pay my bills. Let me just be able to have enough money to pay my bills. That 30 days, I surpassed with clients. I surpassed what I would make in a truck. Mm. And this is what you see today. I don't care about the money, though. And and what time frame was this? Because, you know, I I follow you on social media. And I was telling Brian before we got on the podcast here with you today, you know, some of your videos get like 100,000, almost 200,000 likes. You've been trending. You get what I'm saying? You've touched so many different people with your health and fitness journey. Because, Brian, he posts the good, the bad, and the ugly. You get what I'm yeah, saying? It's not just real. the Jawan you see right now. Yeah, you know, be he, real. He posts when he was, you know, battling depression and, and not in the best shape of his life. At, at what point, you know, how long did your health journey take you? And how long was that transformation process to the Jawan that we see today? I say about a, a year and eight months total. Uh, when I got back into the mm-hmm. truck, when I was traveling, because I did OTR, which means over the road. I was in Portland, mm-hmm. Seattle, California. When you got in them trucks, you don't really get a chance to stop. So we can stop when we want. That might be one time a week, two times a week. But I was still motivated. But I started getting frustrated. I said, I'm, I'm not in the gym. And it just wasn't, I wasn't the same. Uh, frustration, frustrated, easier, easier uh, things of that nature, things of that nature. So I was just like, I'm out of here, man. That was my last trip to Portland, Seattle. Uh, riding through Wyoming with 80, 80 mile per hour winds. And I was just thankful to make it back. Cause I promise you, I told my brother, I said, I'm not coming back. I'm not driving trucks no more. So they'll tell you everything mm-hmm. about the trucks, about how much money it make. That's the only pro. The rest are pawns, bro. Mm-hmm. There are no fender benders, no nothing. But back to your mm-hmm. question, Ned, to uh, ask that again so I can get straight into it. How long, like, so you, your journey, at what point did you begin your journey? And how long was that transformation process to where is though you're, you have your gym now, you have your brand struggle to succeed fitness. What year, what month can you recall you saying like, yo, I'm not doing this truck stuff anymore. I'm going to focus on my health, my, my mental fitness 
and, and training people. And, you know, how long you mentioned the journey took you a year and eight months. When did you begin and, and when did you feel like you were at your peak, at your prime? The beginning of 20, 2021, I started. I started posting mm-hmm. about mid-2021. Uh, and then I just went from there, and I just kept on going and going and going. And like I said, uh, through my journey, people start watching. I just post organically. People just start watching. And then I had got an opportunity to get out the truck, like I said, uh, with my baby. And... Somebody called. I, I remember a guy that had a gym around this area, uh, Tyree Anderson, which is a cop now. He played football for McDevitt as well. I seen mm-hmm. him in uh hot dog factory downtown. Say, hey, remember that gym? What's wrong? What? Y'all still got the gym? He said, yeah, yeah. Long story short, I had to get in contact with his dad, and his dad gave it to me for a good price. And I know I didn't totally like it, but I said, I ain't, I ain't prima donna. I got to start where I, where I got to get in where I can fit in. I found mm-hmm. that. Uh, three months later, I was, no, two months later, I was out of there and I moved it, uh, uh, to right outside of here now. And, uh, that process was since August, August, July, my son was born in July, July, July to now is what you see. That's so that's a July, July, August, well, back in the July, so August, September, October, November, December, January. I'm only six months in. Wow. I'm only six and, months in and- organically. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's the, the the amount of work that you've done in so much of a short period of time is monumental. Where is this gym that you have now located? Uh, I'm in New Cumberland area, New Cumberland base, mm-hmm. uh, right off the highway. Uh, getting coming from downtown Harrisburg, about three to five minutes from literally downtown Harrisburg, five minutes to six minutes max. Take us through your 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 ordinary day now that you're you know <laughs> full time mental health coach, fitness trainer, motivational speaker. I mean, you you had a busy morning scheduling this podcast with you. You only had like a 30, 45 minute time frame because you start training at seven in the morning with your with your clients. So talk to us about what that process has been like and what the day of Juwan Chisholm is. You know what's funny? I just left the boxing thing, right? And before mm-hmm. I get into it, I used to always ask God, like, yo. Could you please make my life to where I can train every day and mm-hmm. just live a healthy lifestyle by just training? That's all I do. I mm-hmm. love what I do. It, I don't care about nothing else. I love what I do. I don't want to coach. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be nothing. I love what I do because I ask for this. I pray for this for time on time on time. So my days are, all right, so let me take you through the day. I woke up at 6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a 7 o'clock. Uh, I had a 10 o'clock. I got my workout in. Then I left from there at about 11.45-ish, LA Fitness. Go straight mm-hmm. over. I made it over to Title Boxing at 12. That went from 12 to 1. I'm on with you guys at 1.30, right? I had mm-hmm. to drive home. I went and got my electrolytes and some water. I drive home. Uh, about to get a quick meal. Then I'm uh lay down maybe for like an hour. And then I'm right back on at 3. Uh, I have a quick break at four. I'm right back on at five through eight with the athletes. Wow, that's that's what, a commitment. That's what my days man. look like. What's the, what's the name of your gym again? Struggle to succeed fitness. Don't worry, B. You're gonna see it. All the best athletes are gonna come through here in the most humblest way, B. I'm telling you. I'm just marking <laughs> it now. I'm telling. When I get you. these two new hips, man. I got about hundred pounds. I got to get off of me, man. I used to, I used to lift every day, man. Ne- Nebby, I ain't like Nebby. You know, Nebby says he goes to the gym and he lifts. <laughs> But I don't see them sleeves busting, Nevi. My sleeves, I used to have to, you know, 
They used to get tight, man. Hey, I tell Juwan, I tell him all the time, wait till you get those hips, man. I'll show you what I'm made of. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I set you up. We're going to stream uh, me and Nevi playing hoops, man. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad, man, on, on live. <laughs> Let's say something, B. Uh, I respect you. I don't know you from a can of paint, right? Because we've never seen each other. But I know you through social media and just being the honorable Same guy from what I see. You See, y'all talking about my story, right? And I know it's for that. I just want to say I respect you, bro. What you go through ain't easy. My dad had it's, a tumor on his brain, and I've seen that. You went through it twice, right, if I'm not mistaken? I went through it twice. Come I had on, a bone marrow transplant, uh, mixed match. Three years ago, Pinnacle, Pinnacle told me I was dead. I remember um, that. Johns Hopkins uh, put me in a clinical. I was the fastest responder in the history of that clinical. They got it out of me. I had a mismatched bone marrow transplant. There were only three people in the world that were close to being me. It is, and there are a lot of things I'm dealing with now that they don't tell you that you have to deal with when you're going through a bone marrow transplant because you might not, have, you might not have to worry about it. You might die. Um, uh-huh. It's been, it's been. They told me it was going to be difficult. A lot of days it's been absolute hell. Um, it's very tough uh, because you don't, you're not there physically. You know, I used to love to go to the gym and, and stuff like that and lift. And, and uh, I'm so I'm so out of shape right now that it's scary. And I got some serious things I still got to fix, like the hips, so I can get back up. When you, I've been immobile basically for a year and a half. And that's not good. You know, you... Yeah, you got you to... Gotta, movement is key. Movement is medicine. And, um, and so, you know, I got to get all that going, man. But... uh I might come see you when I when I get these hips, man, and 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 get cooking. Absolutely, uh, man. That'd be my pleasure. Yeah. That'd be a pleasure, I man. Probably still, I could probably still uh bench more nevy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just want to say God bless you, bro. I don't know how the hell you keep your your yes, head sir. up through this type of stuff. This storm. Mm. That's a storm, bro. Mm. That's a storm, man. People don't realize, man. It is uh cancer is one of them things. Like when you you see somebody who has cancer. You're like, that sucks. It's terrible. I pray for you. And you don't realize, like, when you get cancer, it's like one of those things, like, if somebody pulls a gun on you, you can at least turn and run. When they tell you you got cancer, nowhere to go. You know what I'm saying? You just, it's just you. It's it's you versus you. Your body's trying to kill itself. And you got to figure out how to maintain through it. So. It is difficult, man. But look, a lot of what keeps me going is 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 uh, is the job and uh, being able to tell good stories like yours, man, and seeing positive stuff like what you're doing, and um, and that that kind of keeps me going um, because we do get to tell a lot of the positive sides and the we got look people people get on us as reporters a lot too because we got to tell the bad too, right? Yeah, like if you were to mess up tomorrow, man. I tell Nevi to call you, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and we'd have to write about it. But at the same time, we we don't like doing that. It's just what you got to do to have credibility. We get to tell a lot of good stories, man. So, you know, I think the the reason Nevi wanted to have you on here and and um and one of the things that I hope people get from this is that you're a guy who's been through a lot, coming from an area that can be tough, and you've turned a lot of things into positives for a lot of different people. 
you know, we talked about your training, the positive things you did with your body, but people should, should, should realize everything you've been through and the positive impacts you're making with people there in the city too. Mm-hmm. As a former standout high school football player and college football player from the area. So I think it's a good and positive story, man. You know, Jay Chiz, you know, you're you're a very resilient person. We really appreciate everything you're doing in the community. But I tell people all the time as well, I'm thankful that Brian's my editor, right? Because coming out of college, I didn't know I'd be a, a sports reporter. Um I did a lot of videography and video editing work at Bowie State University where I went to undergrad. But when I started at Penn Live, man, I remember the first assignment Brian sent me out on. It was a basketball game in a district championship between Middletown and Susquehanna Township. And I was just doing a sidebar to a story. I wasn't even doing a full story. But long story short, I know basketball like the back of my hand. But I remember that being the most nerve wracking feeling ever because I'm like, oh, my goodness, what do I write about? Where do I start? And Brian stayed on the phone with me. I probably filed two hours after my colleagues that night. And he made sure that I got it done. And Brian, to you, man, just like on your on your social media bios and handles, heart and mind overcome all. You continue to be the resilient person you are. Anything you tell yourself, you can do. You are who you say you are. You're in control of your destiny. So if anything we learned from this podcast episode today, heart and mind overcome all. Perseverance is key. Trials and tribulations are inevitable in life. But it's about what you do are you going to stand stand up and fight or are you going to flee you know so Jawan, we really appreciate you coming on one thing i really want to touch on before we let you go i know you got some training you i get to nah, you um, good man we we didn't talk about your, your your nfl career you making it to playing with the steelers um that's that's really big <laughs> that, but listen listen you still did it though you made it to a training camp you had a jersey yeah, what was that yeah. feeling like for you as a kid being from uptown right a kid from the 717. You know, we don't see that too often. Micah's living out a dream. You know, Shady did it. Ooh. Ricky Waters did it. You are also up there in that conversation as well. So I do want to credit you with that. Talk to us about that experience, that journey, and and what you did there in Pittsburgh. Well, that's a beautiful thing, man. Well, I was cut twice. So I was bought in for the mini camp, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I flourished in there. But they already had their mind made up on who the two backs that they wanted, which is politics and the way it goes, right? So the day when they made, like, I think it's like five or six that only make it from minicamp. Uh, a guy followed me out the building. He's like, hey, you'll be back. Trust me. I'm like, whatever. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, whatever. They tell everybody that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I was in Akron, Ohio, just stressing. I'm like, damn, what's, what's out the football? This is weird. I'm not, mm-hmm. I know nothing. So I was in Akron, Ohio. Uh, I was following the Steelers, right? Uh, I came back for a week to Harrisburg. I got a call from Arizona Cardinals. And uh, they was like, hey, you still in shape? Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm still in shape. It's like, all right, we'll be giving you a call. Literally, I want to say two days later, I was just checking on. Uh, I was check. I went back to Akron. I don't know the time frame within the three to five day span. I went back to Akron. I'm laying down. I was checking the mini camp for I'm at the uh, training camp for Steelers. I know people get hurt left and right. I've been th- I've been pretty much durable all my life. I said somebody gonna get hurt. I knew it. You know, so what happened. It was a running back. I said they call. They calling me. So I was jogging that day. I got a call. Hey, you in shape? Absolutely. How, how soon can you get here? I said, I'm on my way. Uh, so I packed up my I packed up my little quick bag. Uh, and I went, drove to Pittsburgh from Ohio, which is like an hour and a half ride. I got there and the show was on, man. Uh, once again, I feel like that was another. It's all about right place, right time. I'm in. I'm there with Le'Veon and D'Angelo. D'Angelo on the back of his prime, Le'Veon in his prime. 
So there's really only one more roster spot at the running back. So I think I was just in a bad position, but that was God's position. Maybe what if I would have been, a, you know, I don't want to speak on injuries, right? But what if my career would have been ended beyond my career, mm-hmm. my life? What if a mm-hmm. neck injury or a back injury? So I look at it like that. Maybe God pulled me out for that reason. Maybe God pulled me out to do what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Give these athletes something that I know they want. And I'm going to build a facility for these athletes to go to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build it. And I'm telling you right now, anything that I speak is going to come into fruition because I'm going to put my all into it. Like when you go to Cincinnati, I have a friend from Cincinnati that has a gym down there, Ohio State athletes, Cincinnati athletes. I got another guy out in Atlanta. I got another guy out in Miami. They have these facilities. We have to go to certain facilities that people, I'm not discrediting nobody because everybody's a great trainer, but we have to go to these facilities that's that's not, I'm going to build it. And I'm going to guarantee mm-hmm. you. It's going to happen, and mm-hmm. I respectfully, and I'm going to have mm-hmm. trainers come together so that we can get all of these kids together, and mm-hmm. let's do it, man. Because this area is, we slim to none for nothing. Mm-hmm. We have the best athletes. I, I, I've seen it day in and day out. So, yeah, man, speaking about the Steelers, man, I just, like I said, I, was, I knew they was going to call after uh, Ross Schumer was his name from Lehigh that got injured. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they called. I ain't going to say I knew they was going to call. I'm thinking in my head. Because I like to talk things into fruition, right? Talk mm-hmm. things into manifestation. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have called. I was like, they're going to call. But they couldn't have called. But mm-hmm. by me thinking positively, you know, it came. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I knew they was going to call in my mind. But come on, bro. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things you think in their mind. I thought I was going to be rich by this time of my life, right? But that was mm-hmm. in my mind. You know, it right. didn't come. So, man, I, I stay prayed up. And I just, I don't dodge nothing, and I always just keep it authentic, man. That's just who I am. That's who I always be. If anything takes me away from authenticity, I'm not in it. I don't care about no money. I don't care about a podcast. I don't care about Michael Jordan coming to see me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you don't stand on principles and morals, I can't do it. Well, listen, man. Look, few people make it to to, to one camp, you know, one mini camp, let alone get get invited back, especially on one and a half feet back. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, that's that speaks volumes and. Look, when you build that facility, man, we'll come out and write a story about it because we, you know, it would be great. You know, we have a lot of kids and uh, a lot of guys who, who when they start training to try to, to get their shot, you know, they, they have to go to Tampa or they have to go to, you know, somewhere down south, which I get from the just wanting to get in a nice weather maybe and, and, and getting the muscles going. But it would be great if we had something like that up here, too. So. Well, I got two projects this year. I got Brandon Hickerson and I got Ronald Kent. I'll be draft prepping them. Just remember, B, I'm only six months in. Do the math. Yeah. They don't come well, by. I, you know, oh, well, uh, both of those guys. I texted Brandon. He just uh, graduated from uh, Colorado, Colorado State. State. Yep. Uh, so and I both Ronald, you know, Ronald, Ronald the Kent brothers from Harrisburg are just fantastic young men. And uh, yeah. Yeah, Ronald's an underdog. He's not the biggest guy, but. He's hoping to run fast, and and if he runs fast, you never know. Plus, look, there's more opportunities than ever now too with the uh, XFL. Mm, you ain't never lied. If Kent runs a four shot. three, if he runs a four three, he'll get a shot. Yeah. Four four to Speaking four five. Lie, man, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully he gets it done, man. That's a story too, man. Maybe we get out and uh, when you guys are working out, let us know. We'll come out, maybe get some photos and stuff, and do something on them doing that. Hey, already G- told him that too. Already told him that too. So this ain't the last of us, man. You, I'm here to stay, man. Let's God. I said, let's God say something otherwise, or unless I get lazy, which I don't see coming. But I'm not in control of my life. So, well, keep it up, 
And, uh, you know, if you're in Harrisburg, you need a good trainer. Tell them, tell them how to find you real quick. Social media and stuff. Social media. My main page has been like this. B-E-E-N-L-I-K-E-T-H-I-S. Uh, my personal training page, athletic training page is Struggle, S-T-R-U-G-G-L-E, 2-T-O, succeed, S-U-C-C-E-E-D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> E-E-D. I went to Harrisburg, man. I had a learning platform, man. Uh, <laughs> you funny, man. So, what yeah, man, Struggle, Succeed, Fitness. I appreciate y'all, man. No so doubt. We so appreciate hardly. you. We appreciate you. I'm sure we'll have you back on us sometime too. So yeah, man, that'd be a, that'd be a blessing, man. I appreciate y'all, yeah. honor, bro. Well, well, folks, listening. That's another episode of our PA High School Football Report podcast. Our first of the new year. Happy 2023 to everyone listening. Jawan, we appreciate you coming on. Continue grinding and striving for for the stars, man. You're doing it, and we appreciate you joining us. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more.